You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we're here today to talk about a topic which is a little bit, um, as someone said who brought it up, a little bit taboo in some ways. Yeah, I suppose it's definitely not something that um, people talk about on social media or anything really. I know, so. for an, in fear I think of being slammed down a little bit, which is interesting. Interesting. But, um, what we want to discuss is actually, we made it sound really full on now, haven't we? <laughs> weight gain. It's actually weight gain, particularly yeah. for women. It's, um, yeah. Obviously, we'll talk about it for men too, but um, women who are actually wanting to gain weight mm. and um, struggling to yeah. gain weight. And the reason I think that we talk about it being taboo is because there's such a focus in our culture on, on weight loss. Definitely, um, on yeah, everything and anything being which we have talked about a lot in regards to the diets that are out there. Yeah, stripping back weight, getting toned, losing fat, blah blah Gaining blah. Muscle. And if you're someone that's struggling with putting on weight, then there's not you, know, a lot of you can get a lot of snaky comments um, mm. from others, yeah. particularly I think on a social media mm. forum. So I think yeah. I even did a like I did a post once on um just oh, it was it wasn't even about weight gain but it was just about like being happy it was just like one of those nice ones that was definitely wasn't intended in a snaky way or anything it was just more about I guess body acceptance and uh-huh. self-acceptance and it was just that you know if you have your little fat bits and well I even hate using that word like people are like oh, I can't say that word but you know like just to really be happy with them but it was just more about being happy with your body shape and not yeah. you know trying to focus on, on this ideal of skinny too which mm. is not even what we're talking about today but some of the comments I got from that really like just was like I've never met anyone who's happy being fat and it's oh just like god it's just like man people you guys just need to chill out like I didn't know that oh god I just like I'm not even I did actually reply to a couple of them and then I was just like, stop caressing, <laughs> just pouring petrol on the fire. So anyway, oh I just God. find it interesting that people are just so fixated on weight loss that yeah. we forget that for some women, um, yeah. for some women, they're just happy in their, everyone's happy in their own skin. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to be, no matter what weight or anything you are, mm. you should just, you know, yeah, like what we've said, if you're healthy and you eat well, your body will just naturally, exactly. naturally take its size. But there are a lot of women that are out there and men who do struggle to I've actually got heaps put of weight on. Who struggle to put weight yeah, on. Same. Yeah, and it's just like how can we put weight on and how can we do it healthy? I, I've honestly got a few more guys at the moment than yes. girls, but I've definitely got a few girls. And whether or not the weight thing is um, from a like a past eating disorder or disordered yeah. eating, I definitely find sometimes there usually has been some sort of food trigger that's mm. started this or there's obviously thyroid issues we gonna, mm-hmm. like that will, you know, stop women putting weight on. So obviously we spend so much time talking about, and we thought we couldn't talk about this topic for 40 minutes. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so we, like, there's so many women, like obviously when you start, we spend so much time focusing on hypothyroidism where, you know, and this is predominantly what we see. Hey, like, women that you know struggle to lose weight yeah. because their thyroid and their hormones are not playing ball but then you know adversely to that we have people who have hyperthyroidism so they're yeah. hyper-functioning thyroid and they really do struggle to put on weight like it's like that um, old saying like can't fatten a thoroughbred like <laughs> 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 I mean, I've got a girlfriend who just doesn't put on weight and she's like can't fatten a thoroughbred and she just keeps eating like it's amazing <laughs> but oh, man. yeah well look let's <laughs> I, what I think would be um, a nice way to approach this is if we talk about the basic foundations of um, how to eat um, to gain weight, because I think there's a lot of myths around that if you're trying to gain weight. And then, yeah, let, let's talk about some of the um, the sort of bio biochemical processes that are involved mm. and then some of the hormonal aspects that could be underlining too, because sometimes you can be doing all the right thing and it's 
it's still not working and just for see, you. And even just the difference between like the dietetic approach to put on yeah. weight as opposed to the nutritional approach to put yeah, on weight because sure. we vary so differently in yeah. how to put on weight, don't we, in yeah. terms of if you're trying to build someone up. Definitely. From a dietetic approach to what we would get someone to definitely. do. So, so I feel like um, the first thing definitely to talk about is that there's a lot of myths and misconceptions around gaining weight and eating food that is basically just really high calorie and that's all you need to worry about. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, I see a lot, particularly with guys, but I've also seen with, with um, women as well, where it's just like, Oh, just eat whatever you want. Um, particularly like whether it's junk food and fast food and mm. so forth. I've definitely seen this in guys who are wanting to put on weight. Yeah. Um, I've seen it. I hope you can't hear me because we're recording from home today. I definitely saw it in Damien when I first met him. It's just like this whole like just waiting for the voice to come bellowing <laughs> through the door. Don't speak about me. <laughs> but that like classic tradie thing where you've got like underweight tradies who are just like, oh, I just eat the meat pies, it's and a pies and chips, bro. <laughs> but it's this like just high calorie food. And the thing is, with that really fast metabolism, they just burn through all of those mm. more simple carbohydrates. So. Mm. I think the biggest thing to realize is that you don't just approach it with a calorie no. uh, mindset, which is probably where, um, you know, the dietitian thing mm. is um, such a, a different aspect yeah. to us. So it really is interestingly the same concept. It's about balancing your macros mm. and having good complex carbohydrates and protein and your good, good fats in your main meals. But what we would start to look at is also how much carbohydrate we have in these meals and how much fat mm. and dialing those up within reason because within you don't reason. want and people in pain. As well. <laughs> yeah, you don't want people in pain. Want people having epigastric episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. And I do it. Oh, I just almost knocked a little man over. <laughs> but even slowly too, like a gradual yes. thing because you have to be really careful of um, you know, the whole blood sugar balance side of it yes. and all of that. Like you don't want to go from a person eating, you know, like balanced meals that's maintaining a weight that they don't want or something that's underweight to all of a sudden just going, okay, we're going to just going to jack you with macro balanced meals mm-hmm. and the body has a freak out. Exactly. So it's kind no, of like it has to be in steps, steps, doesn't it? Definitely. And um, from a blood sugar point of view, as you're saying, like if you're combining those macros, mm. then you're not going to get these crazy spikes, right? Yeah. So whereas if people are just like, oh, I'm just going to jack myself on more carbs. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just putting in carbohydrates all the time on its own, which yeah. is going to give those insulin responses. Whereas if you're combining those carbs with lots of good fats and protein and they're complex carbs, mm. you're not getting that same no. response, which is a and massive thing, difference. And it's a massive difference too, because when you put on weight or, and your goal is to put on weight, you need to do it in a sense that it's gradual for the body, but it's also in a healthy way for the body. Like, so exactly what Jess was just saying, like if your goal is to put on weight, but you just go and um, carb jack yourself and you throw your insulin out of whack, then the places you're going to put on weight are not going to be, it's not just going to be like an overall gradual weight gain and muscle gain. It's going to be like, it's going to go straight to that central area, Uh which is not an unhealthy, like not a healthy place to gain weight. So Uh we're starting to look at that central adiposity. Like we always say that word wrong. I swear I do. Do you say it the same? Adiposity. Adiposity. Yeah, Yeah. I'll say that. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) We're actually on the same page with that one. It's the first. Podcast 26, guys, you heard it here. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the number? I, don't know. You know, I might be wrong. <laughs> I hope you won't be. It kind of blows my mind. I remember the number of your house, all right? Like, I, know. I remember the strangest things. <laughs> do you know my my um? I do. Sister, my brain retains the weirdest information. My sister-in-law has like a weirdly scary elephant memory. Like mm. she can tell me like maybe six years ago she'd be able to say if we're all somewhere and what we're doing and she can remember what I'm wearing like oh no joke she's like you were wearing this outfit on this day and yeah freaking I'm just like there's something wrong with well, you I remember <laughs> random things but then like mum will bring up this amazing memory from our childhood where she did this amazing thing and we all had the best time she's like do you kids remember that and we're like nah memory's <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, not that great <laughs> poor mumsy <laughs> I always see that we're not scarred, so you must have done something right. <laughs> so what are we talking about? So putting on weight in a healthy way versus an unhealthy way. So, yeah, definitely. So we don't want to start, you know, putting on weight in that whole, just in that central weight gain area, because what happens there is that's actually like inflammatory weight. Yeah. So we start looking at them, you know, blood sugar imbalances, insulin resistance, mm. you know, the whole, that whole inflammatory systemic sort of thing. For so, sure. Yeah. But also, yeah, so you've got that happening, but those people who have got those... Uh, faster metabolisms 
they're, they're still eliciting that reaction in their body, but you'll often find, um, not all the time, but I also see with those people, even though they're spiking their blood sugars and getting those hormonal responses, they're still not even putting on the weight. Like yeah. they're still burning through it because it's just like their body just takes those simple sugars mm. and those carbohydrates and just like burn, 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 burn. And they're not getting any of that yeah. response with the weight gain or the fat mass coming onto their body, but they're still like pushing their body daily with these yeah. like big, um, yeah, insul- as you say, insulin, insulin responses. Yeah. So they don't realize what they're doing. They're just, just like, oh, this isn't working. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I, I don't care if you can hear me, when <laughs> that's <laughs> really, a really good example is when, when Damien and I first met, he was like, right, I want to put on weight. And, um, he was like gung ho about it. And he's just like, just, you know, do, I'll do anything you say. So I'm like, mm, okay. So you I gave me it, honey. <laughs> not work out well for you. <laughs> So I gave him a plan and it wasn't ridiculous. I gave him a plan. I gave him a plan, which basically was a huge step from what he was doing, which was like a classic tradie based diet of a mm. lot of like the things we we're just talking about, but also just not eating through the day at all. So if you go from someone that's hardly eating anything to having like three balanced meals a day plus snacks. And then he was adamant about doing this after dinner shake. And he, he lasted maybe like a fortnight. He felt sick and nauseous all the time. And he just, in the end pulled the pin and he got really frustrated because he was just like, it just, no matter what I do, I've tried for years and years and years, it's just Mm. not going to work. And I was just equally frustrated because I'm like, if you do what I say in a sensible way, instead of doing it from an extreme approach, then yeah. you're going to get there. And now it's like fast forward, ooh, I'm bad with time, say 10 years. So yeah. 10 years and he has gained, I think it's over 10 kilos now. It must yeah. be around like 11 or 12. And that's through dialing that back and basically having a, mm. a macronutrient balanced approach with just approaching it in a, a more methodical, like yeah. easy and realistic too. Like realizing that it's the same with like weight weight gain. Yes. It's the same with weight loss. It doesn't happen in two exactly. to three weeks. Like you have to commit to a lifestyle choice. Yeah. And then just work at it. It's, exactly. It's like and it's the same whether you're trying to lose weight or gain weight. You just work out what your hormones are doing, obviously, yeah. and all of that, and your thyroid and all of that, but then commit to what we know works, which is macro balancing. Yeah. And just gradually build it up. Mm-hmm. or reduce it depending on what you're trying to do yeah and that's what that's it, yeah it. and that metabolism will respond so in that same way of yeah yo-yo dieting for weight loss your metabolism basically is shocked into weight loss um and this is the same thing if you're trying to gain weight really quickly it's just going to shock your metabolism but it'll just jump back and mm-hmm. to its, it's sort of what it considers its normal place whereas if you do things sensibly everything slowly changes yeah, it's and it's just- your metabolism adjusts. It's like, okay, this is my new norm. Yeah. So I say to people, like, for any sort of metabolic change to actually lock into place, I say three months. Uh-huh. Like, I, like if, if it's weight loss or weight gain, I'm like, your body's been doing this for X amount of years, uh-huh. and now we want to start, you know, changing things at a core level. So yeah. right down to that whole, you know, cellular function, basically. Yeah. It's not just going to change in, you know, one week or two weeks or three weeks. Like, uh-huh. there's a whole adjusting process that needs to happen and Mm. then it's kind of like i don't even know i don't even know what the term for it would be but it's like it's your body kind of needs that time to go okay this is what he or she is doing now i can adapt and work with this and i feel like for when you actually look at someone's progress whether it be weight gain or weight loss it kind of really starts to happen around that three month mark of them committing to it and sticking to it and then the body starts to catch up biochemically and go cool this is what we're doing It, it, so true, and yeah. I don't know what it is about the three month mark, but no, I just feel no, I like, agree. But it I, is, it's about that. I'm like, I've seen it with so many people, like, it needs to be a word for this. Yeah, it's a time frame, definitely. Yeah. I, I often say to my clients, it's like your metabolism is learning to come along for the ride. Yeah, like, I, in the start, it's just like, eh, eh, this is weird and new yeah, and different. What and she's going to stay here. Yeah, what's like, she doing? She's just doing another, what's he doing? It's just another free yes. thing. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and they'll come back, they'll come back to doing what <laughs> yes. they were doing eventually. But if you kind of commit to it and be like, uh, uh, body, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three months later, it goes fine. <laughs> I'll come along for the ride. But to come back to the actual diet itself, this is obviously going to differ from person to person. But 
as we said, we're looking at fundamentally those macros mm. being balanced. We will look at um, a little bit more portion-wise on a plate of carbohydrates as opposed to maybe, um, and if in air quotes, I'm doing like a, a normal amount that we would advise. Yes. So we would be increasing those carbohydrates, but it would be in the context of the meal. So we might mm. be making a little bit more carbohydrate dominant, but also, in, yeah, I would be looking at more fat dominant um, portions within that plate as well. Yeah. And then the other um, big component is the snacking. So yeah, if needed for these people, Snacks. because they do have a fast metabolism and we're wanting to increase that calorie intake, but in a smart way. So the smack, the smacks, the, the snacks also need to be um, based around carbohydrate and protein and fat. Yeah. So I think for a lot of us, um, you know, we sort of think of those classic on the go snacks, like handful of nuts and blah, blah, blah. And mm. this is where for those people, they need to think a bit more about, okay, how can I jam some extra carbohydrates yeah. in with these snacks? So, you know, for that person who might have usually, a handful of nuts they might be looking at okay how can i add a carb to this is it yeah. having a piece of a quality um grain based bread or yeah. some sweet potato or something yeah. like that so you know i think that classic like roasted sweet potato smeared with almond butter and cinnamon that sort of thing <laughs> which just, is just your everyday snack just guys. Every day. <laughs> carry around a container and pop that one in your mouth just your everyday snack everyone honestly <laughs> 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 Everyone's just gonna carry around sweet potato with nut butter and cinnamon. What the hell? It's just something I would do. Or, or my muffins that I would carry muffins around. Muffins are bag. better, a bit more realistic. <laughs> I have no idea the picture that's in my mind right now. I'm just going picturing you with your little sweet potatoes walking around. Oh, you know I would. I know you would. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway. But she makes a good point. It's the it's, it's making sure you marry in that carbohydrate as well with your protein and your fats, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So if we've got those throughout the day and then sometimes it's after dinner depending on that person whether yeah. there's anything else that yeah. is needed but remember we don't want to stress the metabolism no. and the digestion no. um using another example of extremeness um i've i've not firsthand seen this but through one of damien's friends who was like i'm gonna put on weight and did the everything we're talking about really extreme hitting the gym drinking all of the shakes, heaps of food, mm. um, but eating excessive amounts. Apparently, he used to do like a tub of ice cream a day, like ridiculous stuff. And he oh, basically God. gave himself a hernia. Oh, God. <laughs> and it wasn't from the working out, it was from the food, right? Yeah, so, and that's an extreme case, but yeah. essentially, if you're trying to jam in too much all the time, you're going to be stressing out your digestive yeah. tract. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, God. I know, what seriously. A yeah. And obviously, like, we did our podcast last time, too, on the eating around training thing, and we did actually brush on the eating around training for, um, like, for guys versus girls, but mm. obviously girls trying to lose weight, you're not actually having, you know, too many of your protein shakes and all and BCAAs and all of that yeah. through your training, whereas if you're trying to gain mm. weight, then mm -hmm. you would be doing the opposite. So this is where you actually could be having your BCAAs yes. whilst you're training. Yes. So. So it's Perfect. just, it's, yeah, it's just a little bit, it's just different, honestly, I guess, what your goals are. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And then, yeah, your post-training, really, I mean, really we talked a lot purely, about the importance yeah. of that, but for, for someone who wants to make sure that they're gaining weight from their sessions, the carbs post-workout with the yeah. protein is just, I mean, it's, it's always essential, but that's where you would also look at, I, um, I would look at dialing that up oh, even more yeah. so. Yeah, so like, whether it's, usually, again, from a food point of view, it might yeah. be that, you know, we talked about those post-workout mm. shakes, but getting into that shake, like, make sure there's the banana and the oats and the, the oats, extra yeah. carbs. And so. then, if like, if you're training in the morning, like, you have that post-workout and then have breakfast on top of that. Yeah. Again, but what Jess is, what Jess is saying, like, not stressing the body out too much yes. and just overloading. But, yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God, i got to eat. Yeah. 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 So, interestingly, too, like, you can get into looking at your hormones around training, too, and you can really tailor the type of training you do mm -hmm. for uh, weight gain or weight loss, which mm -hmm. is interesting, too. So, for women who are, like, 
what's the right word, like very cortisol driven mm-hmm. and stuff, like you probably wouldn't want to be doing too much cardio mm-hmm. because I don't think that's going to help you gain the right type of weight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you'd probably be looking more at doing weights and then combining yeah. that with BCAAs through training and probably yeah. macro balancing around your training with less yeah. cardio. Definitely. So that would help with that lean muscle gain and all of that as opposed to gaining weight in the wrong areas which would be more like that inflammatory weight that we've talked about so for sure for sure yeah I'm just like come on brain function so let's um let's talk about some of the underlying conditions um you did this is like giving yourself pins and needles on like, hand. we went to sleep before we okay, just so everyone gets knows what we're doing we're sitting on the floor in jess's house in her spare room on cushions <laughs> and i'm in jeans and they're pretty tight and i think they've cut the circulation so yeah you did mention about the thyroid um, yeah. I think it's important to you know look at underlying factors as always so yeah. you know then you may be doing all the things we've talked about and you're like it's still not happening for me um so yes number one thyroid we're always going to check your thyroid is it functioning at too high of a rate so your metabolism is just working too fast and burning through everything and from a cellular <laughs> level just like everything's just <laughs> dialed up on speed essentially so yeah pretty much you're just going to be burning through that food um at a higher capacity than the average yeah. person so you you need to check that that's through your gp or your nutritionist or your naturopath making sure you get the full thyroid Sorry, panel done we've yeah. talked about that before so you mm-hmm. can um go back to that podcast and listen mm-hmm. if you're unsure of what that entails if not it's on facebook yesterday as well yes just, just and i spoke about it yes just Jamie and i so yeah so there's that there's also just understanding too like obviously digestive function i know we bang on about this a lot but it is huge like yeah, if no. you if you have got an inflamed gut and you yeah. are just churning through your food at a million miles an hour and pooping everything yeah. out and these stools are loose or you know our cow patty slop, our favorite term, <laughs> but all of that, like obviously from an inflammatory point of view, there's something going on in your gut as well. So you can eat till the cows come home basically yeah. and exercise. But if you're not addressing those underlying inflammatory issues, mm-hmm. that's going to like, it's the yeah. same with people trying to lose weight. It's going to mm-hmm. impede weight loss, but it's the same with people trying to gain weight. Yeah. It's going to, you know, really make that difficult as I well. I think so, this is one of the most common things we see in clinic because we do work so heavily with digestion is mm. um, that, relationship between gut health and your weight whether that be um weight gain or yeah the weight loss and how the body sort of responds so i think no matter which weight goes once you get the gut working effectively you'll see people's weight coming to a happy place again a happy place is what i like to call it so so common um that there will be these underlying digestive factors Mm. that are problematic because as you mentioned everything just passing through way too quickly or you're not getting adequate absorption of your food and therefore your nutrients which are fueling your metabolism effectively so yeah digestion um definitely is a a massive area as well um huge any others that you can think of from a hormonal capacity from an underlying capacity talked about thyroid yeah gut stuff i feel like we've sort of covered the the majors I, i guess the other area besides those to point out is the stress aspect. I was about to just say the whole the HPA access. Yeah, access. like <laughs> if your body is under stress, and this is where it's really fascinating um, and points out where we're also individual, is if your body is under stress, it will often affect your metabolism through interfering with thyroid function mm. and your cortisol mm. levels. However, for some people, it can cause weight gain, and then yeah. for others, weight loss, which yeah. I always find really fascinating. Yeah, just I, a different pathway. Because I'm totally not a person who's when they're stressed loses weight. Yeah, see, like, I am. Yeah. I'm the opposite. And so. my sister will lose weight yeah. when she's stressed because, like, she just laughs. I mean, she's like, I've never seen it. Like, especially when I've had a few stressful events. Yeah, you know, of late. Um, <laughs> going to it another time. <clears throat> she's my sister's whole. Obviously, there's a bit more of the philosophy. She's a bit more weight, a lot more weight obsessed than I am. But um, she'll just be like, "You're gonna, you're gonna lose so much weight. This is great." I'm like, "Mate, I'm telling you right now, nothing affects this appetite." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm gonna be crying. I'm still shoveling food into my face. <laughs> So I think you're kind of, it depends on which way it goes, but if you are someone who, when you get that um, increased cortisol response in your body, 
um, and you're in more of that like sympathetic um, nervous system dominance, it will impede your parasympathetic nervous system, yeah. which essentially means you're not getting as much nervous stimulation mm. of your enzymes and also of your appetite and the hormones involved in making you feel hungry. So <clears throat> I think classically that's probably for some people like myself that that, that kicks in more so. Yeah. So I know when I'm stressed, I'll actually – my appetite will drop significantly. Yeah. And then when I do eat, I feel like I can't eat as much as yeah. I would usually eat. I can – I mentioned to you before when, before we got – we? Did we get – I was going to say got married. You and I got married. <laughs> or I got married. <laughs> I probably taking her. <laughs> I felt that at its most extreme in those days just beforehand, where like I yeah. felt like I'd have a couple of mouthfuls and I felt so full. I'm like, this is weird, yeah. you know. But it was it was those hormonal responses mm. and that cortisol just impeding my digestive capacity. Whereas yeah. for others, me, <laughs> <laughs> you can say it, me. For you. You're not getting that response. Yeah, at all. I, don't, I don't feel like when I'm even no matter how super stressed I get, mm. it affects my appetite. So yeah. I just it just doesn't. It never yeah. has. And mm-hmm. I just think well, that and that just proves how like bio individual people yeah. are and how my mum's more like you. Like when yeah. she's stressed, she just doesn't get hungry. Yeah. I've seen her like when she's gone through things, like mm. just she'll barely eat for days, and I'm yeah. just like I fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it just doesn't affect me that way, stress, but it yeah. affects me in other ways. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, it's just exactly. it's just how people are very different, which Definitely. is very, very interesting. And I think the weight gain that happens with stress, obviously, is there's that emotive response, obviously, yeah. comfort eating and comfort so eating. forth. Um, yeah. and, but then cortisol, which is what I think is fascinating, those different pathways mm. it chooses to take can interrupt the thyroid function. Yeah. So, you know, you can get that happening in some people and they get that um, increased weight gain. And yeah. we'll see that with... Um, stress people who will go on holiday we'll yeah. see that with our clients they like can't lose weight and they're really stressed and they go on they holiday they don't get a period and they go on a holiday yeah. and all of a sudden boom it's just yeah, like you know exactly. they feel amazing they're less stressed they yeah and they're eating like yeah. more than they would when they're at home yeah. um, but they have a few drinks and they're like come back and they've lost two or three kilos because yeah. they yeah. haven't been stressed yeah interestingly that's me on holidays I reckon yeah, I right. eat more and I eat definitely you know I drink beer um, <laughs> but I do like I just like it's just yeah. but it's just that lack of and I feel like I come back lighter yes. than what I do not that I care about weight or anything but I definitely feel like for, people look at me when I'm yeah. and they're like how does someone <laughs> like you eat this much and drink beer on top of it and not put on weight I'm like just lucky I guess <laughs> just keep hoeing in <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fascinating just, yeah. to point out the difference even between us um, us too. You know, mm. and that's what we are always trying to hammer home is yeah. that, that everyone is really different. So your approach to weight gain mm. needs to be looked at in an individualized way. So there's we've pointed out some really um, important basics that you need mm. to think about. So if you're not covering those, then that's something you need to focus on. And yeah. obviously... Other than that, it's getting the right guidance. So you yeah. might need someone, which is what we do and love doing. It's a little bit of a walk in the park and a nice welcome comfort yeah. from the other things we do. We love it when a client comes in and just like, oh, I just want to gain some weight. Yeah. And there's nothing else going on. <laughs> yeah. Gut but, function's good. Yeah. Right. Excellent. The, Take the a guys, seat in front of me. The weight gain guys, guys are just a blessing. As soon as you see that, hey, as soon as you just <laughs> finish with like one of them, you're just like, it's just like all you want us to do is gain some weight. Yeah. Or even just like guys wanting to lose weight and it's just realistically cleaning up the diet there's no gut stuff going on there's no underlying health issues yeah. it's just like we pr- not like we pray for a weight loss case or weight gain case it's just a guy or simple but it's actually for us it's not it's not a complicated thing no it's, just, it's easy it's quite easy it just comes down to the fundamentals of macro balancing slowly increasing it working with the metabolism synergistically yeah. and it's yeah, for sure. I think the last thing to point out is what you brought up at the start is the difference between our approach to a dietetics approach. And yeah. we don't want to like bag the dietetic approach because there's some brilliant dietitians Absolutely. that are out there. Yeah. But I would say stereotypically a dietitian approach would be more calorie only focused. Yeah. So there would be less of a focus on, on whole the, food. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And also that um, holistic approach to the body. So yeah. a dietitian classically would probably not be looking at underlying issues as like much even as just food would. intolerances like yeah. let's just face it like, there's a lot of clients that want to gain weight 
And even if it's post-eating, you know, post-eating disorder recovery or if it's even just disordered eating with food or there's been gut stuff and that underlying gut, like we've been talking about, the underlying inflammatory response of the gut, if you're reacting with gluten or you're reacting to dairy, they're going to impede weight loss or weight gain. So you really kind of need to take that into consideration, which I think some dietitians definitely do, but it's more like let's get you having, there's a lot more simple sugars involved in terms of that calorie aspect. So like a snack would be maybe some natural yogurt with a tin of, tin fruit or something yeah. like that and for us we yeah. kind of look at that and we're like well that's really not that balanced yeah. and it's more simple sugar focused yeah. where you could go some fat and protein with a complex carb yeah. and that's a far more balanced holistic yeah. way to look at snacks and even your main meals like you'd be more like well have some you know some wheat bits with some banana and some honey and mm-hmm. some milk would be a you know more a dietetic approach to breakfast because yeah. you're getting your carbs and you're getting some calories in from the honey mm-hmm. and the milk stuff like that whereas we're kind of like well you need the protein and the fat in there as well in terms of blood sugar balance and yeah. you can get the complex carbs made from porridge yeah yeah so and, and classically we have seen that first breakfast you're describing you know, that classic wheat bix banana honey that a person wanting to gain weight is just going to burn just through that in a through that. second. Like, yeah. it's just, and that's where it's I'd chew through that in a second. Oh my body be like, where's my protein? Where's my fat? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm freaking hungry. It's half an hour later. Get me more food. So, yeah, there's definitely a difference there. But again, it's a stereotypical difference we're pointing out. So, mm. if you're a dietitian listening, yeah, and you like, don't obviously, like that, no, no offense. No offense, no. <laughs> there are, like, I follow some amazing dietitians on Instagram yeah. and they so focused the way we yeah, are in whole foods sure, and yeah sure. so anyway cool. cool all right well i feel like we've covered everything quite well there that we wanted to so we've got a little bit of time left do we have time i know you I have to head no i'm all right okay. um let's so do, what we got a case study we do so <laughs> we're such great singers <laughs> <laughs> we um we mentioned in the last few podcasts about um, you guys sending us through some cases um, and we've had we've had a couple of people I've got some on Insta that I haven't oh, cool. shared but we've had some come through some really interesting cases that we wanted to share and just let you know how we would approach these um, just to give you a little bit more of an idea of the way the um, nutritional process works, particularly for us at the JCN clinic, because obviously everyone's going to be different, and um, right. our approach is oh. awesome. Because <laughs> yeah, we're freaking great. So I'm actually just going to share this case with you. Um, I'm just wondering whether I should use this lovely lady's name or not. Um, well, I don't if you don't use her last mine. name. Yeah, I won't use your last name. <laughs> so this was... This, this was is such so- and such. She lives at such and such. <laughs> this is her email address. This is her phone number. This is her phone number. <laughs> so this is from Kate. Kate's 28 years old. She's 173 centimetres tall, 72 kilos. Um, she's physically active five to six days a week. Um so she was placed on the OCP, so that's the pill at 17 years of age, and it was to treat her skin. In 2008, she was diagnosed with celiacs, and her initial blood results showed a 300 to 20 reading. Her, she had a colonoscopy and biopsy, showing that her bowel, stomach, villi were basically non-existent. Oh, so, God. I know. That's a bit of a nightmare. So, do you want to explain what the villi are? Villi, like your little guys in your um, intestines and stuff, I kind of think of them like the seagrass. Yes, <laughs> little fingers. <laughs> little fingers that come up, and they're really good at um, doing a lot of our nutrient absorption and all of that, but when there is inflammatory stuff in the gut, and especially active celiac disease, it actually kind of just grinds them down to little mm. nubs. Yeah, <laughs> no, I always say it's like a lawnmower. Yeah, a lawnmower over going the over the top. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, so she went on a strict gluten-free diet and began eating um, the cardboard gluten-free products were available on the market at the time. And despite being diagnosed as celiac, she was still suffering from severe bloating and discomfort. Uh, she went on multiple elimination mm. diets. Um, overall consensus was, was that the sensitivities were due to her undiagnosed celiacs and uh, her stomach and bowel villi repairing. 2014, so she was hospitalised for pneumonia and put in ICU. Oh, yeah, um, you can just like, so pneumonia is a pretty serious thing. Like that's a big immunological compromise there for someone to get knocked by that when they're a bit older. So definitely. Like just looking at your gut function as well, like if you've got no little microvilli and all of that, even just from a nutrient absorption perspective and a bacterial perspective, your immune system is eventually going to become compromised as well because you're not taking up what you exactly. need. Exactly. Your gut bacteria is, and you can see already um, for Paul Kate, like the 
there's so much gut inflammation there. Like mm-hmm. she's bloating, she's got pain. Mm-hmm. So just so for everyone who isn't quite aware of it, we've got like a little layer underneath our um, like our gut lining, and it's called our gut associated lymphoid tissue. So our immune galt. galt, our, our <laughs> malt, and our galt, <laughs> which we could do a whole podcast on that actually. Yes. That would be a good one. So these guys, so basically everything that happens in our gut directly impacts our immune system. So these two have a really like it's just just kind of think of like one water bed on top. How your legs go on Coxie? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of think of like having one little water bed layer on top of another little water bed layer. And these guys just communicate. Mm-hmm. So you can really see like just for someone to pick up pneumonia, you mm-hmm. just really start going, okay, this gut's been so inflamed for so long. What's next? Yeah. It's definitely affecting the immune system. Yeah, exactly. If you're hospitalized, you poor yeah. I know. Oh, God. So that was the first time she went off the pill at the same time. So she'd been on it for nearly 10 years. As a result of um, being in hospital, she developed five DVTs in her oh legs. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. So um, that's um, deep D- vein thrombosis. I just went to say something really inappropriate. I just <laughs> don't know where that just came from. Can you say what you were going to say or no? No way. No. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> Um, in her legs she stopped taking the OCP and suffered from amenorrhea so So essentially can can I cut in can we just talk about like women being on the pill yes quickly and the fact that one of the biggest um, nutrients involved in metabolizing those synthetic hormones is vitamin B12. Mm-hmm. When we start looking at the clotting cascade, if you don't have enough vitamin mm-hmm. B12 in your system, you are more like prone to thrombosis and clots. Yep. Yep. So let's just look at 10 years of being on the pill mm-hmm. plus gut inflammation. I'll just, just jump No, in. no, do it, do it. Yeah. yeah, so this is how our brain works as clinicians when we yep. start going through people's case. Like you can already see whether or not this was brought to Kate's attention, but you've got chronic inflammation, so you're not absorbing a lot of your B12 in your mm-hmm. gut. Plus you're on the pill, so a lot of your B12 is being utilised in the metabolisation of those synthetic hormones. Uh-huh. And then you get put in, put on bed rest because you've got pneumonia and clots uh-huh. start to form. So you can already see a lot of little patterns starting yep. to form here. Yep, yep, for sure. Um, and she's, as we said, she stopped taking the pill and then suffered from amenorrhea, which basically means she's not getting a period yep. anymore. So yep. what we're seeing there is that after all of these years mm. on synthetic hormones, her body um, is basically just having no idea what's going mm. on. Yeah. Um, and her hormone, her natural underlying estrogen mm. and progesterone, really out of whack. And yeah. obviously just trying yeah. to figure out what the hell is yeah. going on now that the synthetic hormones, hormones have, been, have been taken away. Plus when, also, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, just even under times of great stress, like her yeah. gut's been stressed for so it's long. We've, we can already see there's nutritional deficiencies starting to pop up. B12 being a huge one, a yeah. huge one for so many things. If the body is stressed, the, exactly. the, the crosstalk between our hypothalamus and our pituitary down to our hormones yeah. just shuts down because our body goes – thinks, okay, you're, you are way too stressed yep. to ovulate right now and hold a pregnancy, so we're just going to knock that on the yeah, head. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. Um, so in 2015, she got married. She's written, woohoo, and started Yay. seeking special advice Congrats. on fertility. So uh, she was then diagnosed with PCOS and an underactive thyroid. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Um, saw a naturopath uh, to seek help. Was over oh god was overloaded with nearly six hundred dollars worth oh, of supplements shite. monthly, iodine and Vitex included. Mm-hmm. Um, oh god, <laughs> there's so much in that. It's just it's something that we see a lot, a lot don't we? Yeah. Is this like over supplementation? I'd be interested to know what she was given at that time and because there's the some... iodine dosing. There's a lot of myths around iodine dosing for thyroid. Like I find people are dosing up around the, you know, the milligram marks, yep. and we need to be dosing in the micrograms for thyroid. It's not about mega doses exactly. to keep the thyroid into place. It um, just which work. we've seen in so clinic, like people overdosing. The other interesting thing I'd like to know there is what she was given and just um i understand the iodine and the vitex obviously with the pcos and the, and the yeah. underactive thyroid but there's so much in her history preluding this mm. which is that underlying classic chronic gut, gut inflammation, inflammation. Like, start there. and it's just not potentially looking at the underlying cause yeah. it's like look even though it's natural medicine it's still treating it in more of a symptom aspect yeah. so you know, I understand they're presenting conditions and they need to be looked at. It's like, okay, what's driving those yeah, to and start I think with? That's, that's such a big thing because we're so big on this in the clinic. Like, you, yeah, we see clients all the time that are completely messed up. And yep. in the perfect world, you'd love to give them 20 freaking supplements. But 
you know, you've got to really go back and go, okay, what actually started all this? What are the core drivers? Let's start there and yeah. correct those. Give you the supplements that you need right now that are an absolute necessity yeah. and then see what we can work with dietary. I find like there's a lot of, a lot of the times diet are overlooked for a lot of these people. Oh, and I, I bloody love naturopaths. Don't get me wrong. They're, yeah. they're so great at what they do in terms of, you know, herbs, herbals and, and things like that. But I feel like the dietary element can be missing a little bit or it's a bit yeah. basic. It's not like let's actually walk you through, teach you how to eat properly, yeah. work out what your food issues are and teach you how to macro balance around that. So from a stress perspective, your gut calms the F down. Exactly. So, exactly. So 2017, we, um, she went through four months of unsuccessful IO, ovulation induction. Mm -hmm. So she's obviously going down the infertility pathway. Hormones were crazy during this time. Um, lost, last round was July 2017. Um, she ceased the IO and was without her period for a few months. Her period came back naturally, 2017, okay. November, and then in December, and then January and February. But since February, she hasn't, February, since oh, February, she hasn't had a period. So, um, it's, you know, she's in the amenorrhea state again. Yeah. Currently still suffering from severe bloating, infrequent yeah. movements, which she's hashtag solar eclipse us. stool, which I just love. <laughs> yeah, I think that's gold. Hey? I get milia above my eyelids and have been told it's due to food. I eat strictly GF, minimal dairy. And if I consumed too much salicylates, in brackets berries, my eyelids swell and begin to peer. Okay. So, to peer to peel but peel. i think mm. this last one um sort of point or last area of where she is now is really important in regards to what we we're just saying like, like the gut everything has, she's been through and the gut is still, still screaming gut, as being the underlying yeah. cause it's obviously never been treated effectively yeah, so i uh, oh, it makes me like really passionately I know, it's, yeah, I know, it's just like we could just have you here right now <laughs> no but honestly 100 percent. like the gut has to be treated first so whether or not you've got you know a bit of SIBO going on uh -huh. you've got some other bacterial imbalances do you have yeast like i would probably start so if, if kate was sitting in front of me right now i'd be go okay let's do a stool test yeah Maybe a Dutch test if yep. she wanted to do two tests straight up. But yep. honestly, I would just start with the gut, to be honest. Definitely. The fact that she has cycled in over the last few months, like she hasn't lately, yep. but from, you know, November to Feb, she actually has cycled in. So we know yep. that, that crosstalk between the pituitary and the gonads can happen. Mm -hmm. It's just that obviously the gut is still so inflamed, mm -hmm. so stressed out that the body's kind of gone, okay, I'll give you a period back. Okay, I'm not doing that right yep. now again. So it'd be so interesting just to get into that gut and calm it the F down yep. and give it some really nice anti-inflammatory stuff, anti micro microbial work if it needs it which kind yep. of sounds like it does oh definitely looking at building those microvilli back up um, yeah you know just and we'd want it we'd often ask questions around the bloating the type of bloating yeah um yeah she's got infrequent bowel movements now so there'd be a lot of questions around that to also push us into maybe the direction we'd go with our gut-based testing but yeah. with all of that going on like there would be no way she wouldn't have severe dysbiosis yeah. probably SIBO as well yeah. um really strong uh inflammation on the gut yeah. lining so increased um gut permeability is going to be massive for her yeah. and the other thing that just screams that which is a worry for me is that now she's getting to a point that she's reacting to food chemical sensitivity, so salicylate. So yeah. she's got that increased immune response in her gut because mm. her gut's never been treated effectively. Yeah, and this is where her diet, which is what we see a lot, will start becoming more and more restrictive because she will go from gluten-free to minimal dairy to, you know, mm. cutting out on salicylates so and yeah, ending backed up into yeah. a corner mm. of avoiding so many foods and mm. she'll just keep reacting Plus her immune system starting to scream with things like, you know, eyelids swelling and beginning yeah. to peel from that, certain just foods. That I just explain it like that hyper, hyper inflamed state. And yeah. it's like a minute, I just, it's how I explain it to my clients. I'm like, when your body is like that, the minute you tip the balance, it's like your yep. body's just, I just kind of picture it like a little egg about to crack. And the minute you throw something in like some salicylate, yep. you get a symptomatic reaction. Yep. So. First and foremost, you need to get in and start putting out some fires. Okay? Yeah. Like that would be my first thing. It yep. wouldn't even be about, okay, we need to get you pregnant and sort your hormones no. out. We need to actually get in and start putting out some of these yep. fires in your gut and yep. this reactivity and working with your immune system. and For sure. Oh, man. I know. Oh. <laughs> Which, you know, in the context of that case, because you can look at all of that and go, oh, my God, there's so much going on. We need to, supplement, you know, supplement, supplement, jump in and treat, yeah, as you but said, you the wouldn't. hormones and this and that. And it's just like... At the core of this is a chronically inflamed, inflamed gut that and needs obviously to be maybe some with. 
maybe some androgen issues as well. But, oh, yeah. But, but, like, this is exactly what we're saying. You can't go and just treat everything with supplements yep. and hope to God it's going to work because yep. the core driver of this is what's going on in that poor gut. Yep. And if you can get – and this is what I say to people. If, you can, if we can get your gut to calm down yep. and just put out some of the fires in that – it's like the body, I just did it, but it's like the body just takes a big freaking mm. deep breath of relaxation. Yep. At the moment, it's just like that little kind of, you know, like a rock and the cracks are starting yeah. to appear and the water's starting to seep on out. Whereas if you can actually just start getting in and not even putting, you don't want to, I feel like supplements sometimes when they're overscribing, you're just trying to put glue over the cracks. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yep. You need to get back into the core of what's going on, yep. which for Kate, it definitely is very gut driven and work out what is going on there and start mm. putting out some of those fires so the rest of you know the rest of her can just chill out and you 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 don't know how much that gut inflammation is oh. flowing through and affecting well, she everything can see how excited Jess and I because <laughs> we just know this so innately like like even as you're saying about the androgens like there's some classic signs of androgen dominance here but how much is, of that is going to be worked out, out by just getting the gut <laughs> functioning effectively <laughs> so you know you've got to work at this we often say through layers we always yeah. use i know you do too i think the, the onion analogy like take off those layers start start with the most important factors with mm. that core and see what you can affect before trying to dive in and treat and all of these symptomatic arms and can we just talk about trying to treat hormones in a gut issues i've got this i'm like yeah you probably do that's that's really evident right here in your case however your gut and liver are a freaking mess and if we start trying to mobilize estrogen or androgens and move them through your liver so we can clear them into a gut that's not ready for it yeah freaking look out you just (laughs) it's just adding more fuel to the fire like it's just the gut and the liver have to be ready yeah these androgens or estrogens or hormones are backlogged and packaged up for a reason at the moment and it's because the gut and the liver aren't ready to move them through so that has to be your paramount approach yeah is to calm the gut down and the liver so by the time you're ready to deal Mm. with you know any sort of hormonal excess or backup Mm. what you're moving through the gut and the liver is ready to handle Mm. it which is interesting because i think about where this sort of all started back when she was 17 and being put on the pill for her skin Mm. you know i think about that classic like congested skin acne um sort of patient who has got so much backlog of toxicity Mm. in their body and it's like you know, again, it's just like, okay, just if you're trying to approach with. that person with trying to push all of that way too mm. quickly, you're going to make things worse. Whereas yeah. if you go in and treat the gut first and yeah. and deal with that before jumping straight in and dealing with, like, hormones. pushing the liver and pushing, pushing the hormones, yeah. um, you, you know, really it have, just, yeah. again, it's the layers. And any time, I know we're sort of jumping a little bit here, but if I, I'm thinking of some um, cases even right now with some clients mm. that I'm working on with, like, severe acne and... For the last three to four months, we've been working on their gut and their their and then moving into their liver yeah. and clearing everything that way. And only then have we gone, all right, we've cleared these layers. Now we're here. Now let's do a Dutch uh, test and yeah, look at what's going absolutely. on with your hormones. Because absolutely. there's no no point at all trying to do that straight up because no. we're just like trying to put out this fire yeah, with like a little <laughs> help me with my analogy, <laughs> <a> little squeezy <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Spray bottle of kerosene. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. But even like, even like, interestingly, like this is a bit of converse one. But I've had a lot of clients of late, and I think because we did our keto podcast, I've I've got a lot of you know the unfortunately the what I call them my keto casualties, which is what it is. But it's the downstream effects that have gone bad with you know long term use of the keto diet. But let's just talk about for women who are holding any sort of estrogenic or androgenic uh-huh. weight uh-huh. and they go and do these low carb, you know, high fat, high protein, high intensity exercise, 12 week challenges with PTs where it forces them to drop weight a lot of very, very quickly. Toxins and, you know, uh-huh. built up hormones and all of that are stored in our fat cells. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And they're stored there for a freaking reason at the uh-huh. moment. So by mobilizing those really quickly with extreme rapid weight loss into a gut and a liver that are potentially already probably compromised just launches this immune assault uh-huh. on the freaking body uh-huh. that is, I'm back, it takes a lot of backpedaling. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, sure. I've got so many clients at the moment. It's like, I actually didn't, my gut wasn't too bad until I yeah. did this challenge. And yes, there's the carbohydrate restriction and the microbiota 
element to consider that's messed their gut up, but it's also the toxic load that's being shunted through the gut and the liver from fat cells because of rapid fat mm-hmm. loss that it wasn't ready to handle. So mm-hmm. it's like you're kind of dealing with a lot. So yeah. it's just being really, really careful of what approach you take, whether it be with another holistic practitioner or with a personal trainer, whatever your mm-hmm. goals are, just be very aware of yeah the underlying drivers of what your issues are mm-hmm. and if it is weight or if it is gut or whatever what's actually causing all of that so yeah yeah well said thanks <laughs> so, I <have> my <laughs> so yeah i hope i hope kate you get to listen to this uh, episode and hear everything we've had to say but i think the most important aspect we've pointed out is that there is an underlying core with this case mm. comes back to the gut which it often does it needs to be yep. treated um, and I think the other aspect, which we would love more information from in this case is obviously the diet. Like yeah. we don't really know what Kate's eating and so forth. So yeah. from our point of view, that would be paramount. We would be yeah. diving in there and be really interested to see what she's eating and it'd be a big area where we'd be working yeah. with too. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Case right? studies are fun. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> we love them. Uh, so if you guys have a nice meaty case for us, we're welcome to email us or DM, DM yeah. I was actually going to be say, say with Kate as well, like just also, like even obviously if you don't come and see us or just you do, mm. I would definitely be looking at your B12 levels. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And your methylation cycle because yep. that's paramount in detoxing and all of that yep. and your gut as well. So standard GP bloods, like you want to just not go for your straight B12, you want to look at your active B12 mm-hmm. and if you can get anyone to do a urinary MMA. That's probably your best yeah. one for that. Yeah. But it's definitely assessing B12 and B6 would be huge for you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Just want to say that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're only a Skype away, Kate. I think we're in the UK or something. Oh, like. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I hope you found that useful. But if you guys do have any cases, um, particularly, as we said, really complex cases that you'd like us to discuss, um, yeah. just send them through and we'll – try and uh, get through them at the end of each podcast topic. Yeah. I hope that today's subject on the weight gain has been useful. Yeah. Um, and if you have any questions or queries, just again, get just get them through. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Um, other than that, I think we're all done for the day. Yep. You're going off to Feast. Feast. I'm going to a producer's lunch at Wild Canary Bistro. I'm so excited. Scenic Rim. So all of the producers, I reckon there's going to be a lot of finger lines. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that whole Brian Bell area, oh my God, I love it. So... That's so good. I'm going to get back in the kitchen. Tough way to spend a day. <laughs> <laughs> you cook, Ali. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be producing the food. Yeah. I'm going to load you up with a million containers. It's fine with me. My fridge is empty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, take care and we'll chat to you again soon. Talk to you in a fortnight. Bye. Bye.